Hello and welcome to a very special episode of NC Unwrapped, all about empowering students through the arts. This is Kelsey Berryman with three iconic arts leaders from across Nelson County Schools. We have Kelly Spoonamore from Cox's Creek Elementary, Kelly Evans from Nelson County High School, and Sean Robinson from Boston. Before we jump into the arts and what it looks like in our schools, I'd love just to hear a little bit about your all's journey. We know arts is a, a passion-based field and something that you've probably embodied your whole life, something you've really grown to love. So, um, Kelly Spinner, I want to start with you. Tell me a little bit about your journey, how you came to Nelson County Schools through the arts. Well, um, both of my parents are extremely musical and their parents as well, so um, music was just kind of second nature. And when I started in fifth grade, my dad said, here are all my trombones, pick one. And I started on his instrument and then um, gradually found my home with the French horn and um, knew that I wanted to teach, so music education just made a lot of sense. Uh, Kelly Evans, tell us a little bit about how you got to be here. I actually have a really similar journey, just like we have a really similar name. What a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, both of my parents um, are very musical. My mom played piano in church her whole life, and so did her mom. And um, I started playing piano when I was like 10. I played the saxophone, and I was, it was like, cool, this is my jam, you know. Um, I did all of that. I did marching band, I did choir, I did all the things. Um, and then when I went to college, um, I always knew I wanted to teach, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to teach. I thought maybe I would teach elementary, um, like K-5 <clears throat> standard elementary teacher. Um, but then when I was a freshman in college, I was like, mm, nope, that's, that's not for me. I know this is my life. This is the future for me. So um, I did music education and um, <clears throat> just started looking for jobs. Nelson County popped up and I applied and I'm from Marion County. So I was like, well, might as well. It's right next door. I know Bardstown. So it just worked out perfect. And here I am. We actually um, were in a band together when we were younger as well. Rock band. Are you serious? No. It's not a <laughs> What? Why didn't I come out before? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Man, you got me good. <laughs> so, Sean, tell us a little bit about how you came to Nelson County Schools through the arts. Well, thank you. I've been uh, with Nelson County Schools for 10 years now. And before that, I was working at a private school in New Mexico. And I was married to my wife, who's a Nelson County native. And her mom was very motivated for me to apply for the new job that was coming open. And she kept putting the application in my inbox. And so <laughs> I filled out the application. I got a call from Mr. Bradley. And I've been here ever since. I've done a number of different things. The thing I'm doing now is what I'm most passionate about is creative media and really taking it to the next level for performing artists. You know, that kind of makes me think maybe we should tell a little bit about our different roles in the arts in Nelson County Schools because I know each of you play a very different part in kind of what makes Nelson County Schools great with those programs. So, uh, Sean, do you want to share a little bit more about your role with the arts at Boston? Sure. My role has evolved very quickly, just all of a sudden. In pre-pandemic, I was a band director in the very classical, traditional sense. I had a podium, a baton, and a band, and we did those things. And then when the pandemic came, it was obvious that that activity was going to have to change for a while, and they asked me what I wanted to do. And uh, Dana Cole, who's been a dear friend of mine, uh, came up with this idea, instead of me sort of giving it to the masses, working with 75 or 80 kids at a time, to work with one kid at a time and to see what gives 
if so I could excavate in that way. So as we were going through the pandemic, they scheduled me something like 46 individual passion project sessions, and I would coach them one at a time on the camera through that. And it became, uh, you know, an absolute passion of mine to help them find their passions. And I had a kid learn American Sign Language, and she would read a book and sign to it. And then actors and guitar players and writers, they all found these wonderful creative outlets. And then when the pandemic was over, I was the entire production crew. I was the cameraman, the editor, the writer. I was doing everything. And then this year they gave me an entire crew and I taught the kids how to be the cameraman and the writers and the producers. And it's grown like exponentially. It's this giant thing and we love it and it makes such great work. And uh, it's what I'm passionate about most now. Kelly Evans, your role um, this year has really transformed, probably different than anything you could have imagined it being. Tell us a little bit about your role in Nelson County Schools. Um, so this year I have uh, one class of choir, traditional choir, um, at Nelson County High School. And then in the afternoon I teach the arts collab at the Stephen Foster Amphitheater. Um, <clears throat> so that has... Um, it's completely changed the game for me. Um, it's been a roller coaster. Um, we, we, you know, we feel like we have things worked out and we have a direction. And then all of a sudden, something is like, oh, we forgot to think about this thing. Or, um, you know, a student kind of comes in and says, no, I actually, I wanted to do this. Can we try this thing? And of course, we try to accommodate as much as we can. We have uh, visual and performing artists in the arts collab. Um, so that's a completely different experience as well. Um, I love drawing and I love looking at art, but I am not an artist. Um, so learning how to teach artists has been a process, um, <clears throat> but it's been very rewarding. So um, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed getting to know our students and um, kind of I guess getting to know myself and what I'm capable of. What an awesome growth mindset. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Really? <laughs> so, Kelly Spinmore, tell us a little bit about your role at, at Cox's Creek. It's been a joy as a former teacher at Cox's Creek to see you create and embody this program that has grown and grown and grown and grown up. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you. Uh, so I do teach K through five at Cox's Creek. Um, and like the very first year I started, I wanted to get in place like specific grades doing specific programs. Um, I've seen schools do complete K through five programs and it's just a lot. Um, it's a lot to sit through. It's a lot for the parents. Like the, there's so many parents if you have all K through five performing at once. Um, so very first year, I sat down with Haley, our principal, and said, okay, um, can we do this grade here, this grade here? Um, and we kind of worked it out together where third grade does a Veterans Day program every year, um, and then the four and five gets to do a holiday program, a winter program, and then K through two does a spring program. And we really like it. I'm, I'm really pleased with how it turns out each time. If you haven't seen that winter program, there's something just so magical about the finale of it. I won't uh, give any kind of spoilers away, but uh, if you haven't seen it, you should visit Cox of Creek's uh, Facebook page to see that. It's definitely worth a watch. All the kids are super excited to be in fifth grade because they get to do it. Oh, my goodness. And I bet the pandemic put a damper on that. We still year. did it. We still did it, which was really cool. We just did it. Um socially distanced and in a classroom instead of the gym. So, so let's take it back a little bit uh, for our listeners out there who aren't familiar with uh, arts education. And 
let's kind of define that word arts. When you say the word arts, what does that mean to you all? I think arts is just an expression of yourself. Um, it can be an expression of your emotion or it can be a thought or um, a feeling, which I guess is an emotion. Um, but it's just an expression of a part of yourself. For sure. It's anything love brand to me. Anything creative. And it doesn't have to be, you know, pencil to paper. It can be digital art or it can be um, I love to, you know, listen to music and put the two songs together or like anything like that. Anything that's working that creative side of your brain, I think that's considered the arts. I love the creative nuance from the Kellys there. And uh, we talk a lot about in Sunshine Studios what makes great art. And we've kind of defined it with great art evokes a response. And that's what we're trying to do with our presentations this year is evoke a response. You know, is it joy? Is it happiness? But great art evokes a response is what we've been working with. I love that. Mm, me too. Thinking about the arts in the context of our schools, why is that so important for empowering students? I think if you think about student gifts, which I think our district really does, it pushes for kids to follow their passion and to find those gifts and ex excavate them. I think that is a big gift for a lot of kids. Um, I think honestly every single person is artistic in some way, and I think it's really important for them to get to um, kind of dive into each different way that they could be artistic. And if they don't do that in elementary school, when, when are they going to do it? They don't do it with us in middle school or high school. When are they going to do it? So I love that the three of us and many, many more um, arts teachers in Nelson County push towards that, and we're very supported through Nelson County. There's a lot of science involved in it, too, in the biochemical process by which a human brain learns things. Music is able to access some very specific regions in the brain that makes learning possible. And the really cool thing is when these regions get stimulated, they don't just transmit musical information, they transmit all information. Something I've actually been thinking about a lot recently is um, why did I decide to teach music? And of course, the or, the origins of my story are a big reason um, and fueled my passion. But, um, you know, with the world and the state that it's in, it almost feels like, what's the point? Um, and I've been kind of struggling with that a lot and trying to figure out exactly what is my point? Why am I here? Um, and what I finally decided is um, that if art is an expression of yourself, um, that you can use art to express yourself and the parts of yourself that maybe you don't like as much or the parts of yourself that you love and get that out into the world um, and maybe, um, what am I, how am I trying to say this? Uh, like keep yourself from expressing them in a hurtful way. Um, I think we've, we can see what damage is caused by expressing yourselves in ways that hurts other people. Um, and, you know, all of your feelings are valid, um, but it's just a, a way, art can be a way to express those feelings that maybe don't feel so good or um, even the feelings that do feel really good and just get it out there so that um, you can be a better version of yourself moving forward. I think feelings are never wrong too. Yeah. No matter what you're feeling, it's never wrong and it's, it's okay to express that. And I like, you know, what you said about expressing it in a positive way, even if it's a negative emotion. Right. There's definitely a way to do that. 
When you think about your time with students inside our schools, outside of our schools, can you think about a specific moment or experience where you've seen students really come to life through the arts, whether it's an individual or a group? What does that look like for you? What's something that stands out in your mind? I think any time that we have authentic learning, um, to me, that's that shows just how excited they can get and how um, successful they can be on their own. Um, so anytime I, I start a new instrument, I just hand it to them and I'm just like explore like just play around with it and you just see those little eyes just like light up they're like you're just gonna let me just just play with it like yeah figure it out see what you can do and it's just such a magical unique um experience for them and for and for me to watch as well what type of instruments have you put in the hands of elementary students my favorite to do is dulcimer um it, they are kind of like blown away that that's even an option and that I will let them touch it. Absolutely, you can touch it, you can play with it. Um, it's really neat. Um, ukuleles, um, we've done um, like these Native American flutes. We have like a whole classroom set, which is really cool. And we can use straws um, so that there's no cross-contamination, COVID. Um, just, I don't know, anything that we have. It's really fun to let them explore. Love that, I love it. I remember when I was in school, you know, they. They would come and talk to us about the different instruments for a band, and it was very much like, don't touch the instrument. It costs more than your life. And you're like, okay. And so like, I definitely <laughs> let them pass all of them around. Like, touch it, play around with it, don't put your mouth on it. But Right. That's, that's beautiful. I loved that. Yeah. Well, working at Boston has given me some unique perspective because it's such a long time frame to work with. Uh, K through 8 is 9 years. And especially when they have younger brothers and sisters you know I've seen this one young man he started coming to his brother's concerts when he was two years old ten years later now he's in middle school so I've been working with this guy and seeing him all through elementary school coming to his brother's concerts you know and he would run up afterwards and tell me Mr. R I'm gonna play tuba Mr. R I'm gonna play trombone and then right when he gets time the pandemic hits so I'm like all right what are you gonna do now for me uh, Logan Downing and he says I'm gonna be <laughs> your cameraman and to see him learn the camera technique and he really takes charge of the studio if you try to plug in something into a wall not an outlet you're gonna to have to answer to Logan Downer you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? and to see him grow through this process and to find himself it was so rewarding at the arts club we have students from six different schools um, and so one thing that we really focused on at the beginning of the year was making sure that there was a camaraderie built um, across the schools, um, especially uh, we have students from 7th through 12th. So uh, making sure that all of those grade levels and age levels mesh together was really important for us. Um, and through this process, we were hoping to kind of build some interesting new connections that maybe they wouldn't have had before. Um, but we do have one student in particular um, who was really, really, really shy um, and very um, reserved and quiet and um, didn't really want to participate in a lot of the activities that we had at the beginning of the year. Um, and so, you know, we were trying to gently push her toward the direction of interacting and it's okay, peers are not going to, you know, we're going to make sure that your peers are not going to um, do anything bad or mean or whatever. Um, and uh, it's it's really been rewarding just to watch her, and I know it's only been a year, but through this year, um, we did some reflections in January and February, and 
Um, she actually said in her reflection that she was really thankful that she did the arts collab because she felt like um, she had never had a voice before and that she had found her voice um, being able to be in a space that was so accepting and um, willing to work with whatever you've got. Um, and I think that's what all of the arts does for people. Um, it's, it's just a, an open place. Um, that you can be you. You don't have to pretend to be somebody else. You can just do what you love to do. That's why we teach. Yeah. There's something that's so unique in the arts that when you get artists together, there's almost like this aura of just positivity and comfort. It's like you find your people. Mm -hmm. And I've actually heard some students from the arts club say that. They're like, I've joined this. I've found my people, and you've created the space for that, safe space for that. That's magical. Absolutely magical. Speaking of magic, let's get down to the nitty-gritty <laughs> and talk about the how. So we've kind of talked about, you know, what arts are, how we see it empowering students. What are some of the things that you bring to life in your classrooms or outside of your classroom that you think is really powerful or you'd like to share, pass on to others who are wanting to do the same? No pressure. Well, the first thing I heard is, how do you make the magic happen? And the answer to that is, every day is how the magic happens. You know, you sweat in the small stuff, you make them pay attention in, in the details of things. And uh, we talk a lot about accountability in the studio. And accountability, what that looks like is presenting a project to a lead or a manager and hearing it's not good enough. And being able to take that project back and continue to work on it. And that's a difficult skill. And um, they needed time to practice on it. And there has been such growth from from that accountability and for kiddos that look at their project and go you know what it's not good enough I am going to take it back there have there has been great value in that process I think for me it's compositions so um, students creating their own work um, composing their own songs even just adding specific move like if I give them a song and say what do you want to do here like we vote on what each part of the song is. And I think as they get older and older, and specifically like in our programs, the kids have a lot more say in what we do. They get to vote on it. They get to pick the songs. They get to pick, you know, are we playing instruments? Are we doing movements? Are we doing sign language? Like it gets more and more, um, they get more and more choice in that. Um, and I think that's really powerful and impactful. I'd like to chime in and say I just love how passionate Kelly is about elementary music, you know. And I teach elementary music, too, and it's such an important caption. It sets the stage for the rest of their experience. And if they learn to love it, if they've got a director that teaches them to love it, it just makes it so much easier on your middle school and your high school directors to have that exceptional foundation to build on. Thinking about the arts in your classroom, it's very much a, a qualitative experience as a opposed to something like math, where it's a lot more quantitative. What does success look like in the arts? To me, success is one step above where we were before, because it can look very different for this one kid who is struggling to even be in the room, and then this other kid who's been writing music for years. It just looks very, very different for each kid, so you can't really give a blanket statement there. It's very um, individualized there. So if they're one step further, the next day, next month, next year, I'm very happy. I feel like they're very successful in that in that moment, in that time. It's a great way to put it. 
have an accurate assessment of where you're at and being able to identify, you know, how you're doing at it. And that's what the arts teaches so well. Yeah, yeah. Self, self-evaluation and being able to evaluate where you were yesterday and, and perform or do whatever you're doing and then get to the end of the day and say, okay, now was that actually better? Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to self-evaluate, peer-evaluate, and make sure you understand um, all the details that you're trying to understand um, in order to build this one final product. And it's that investment in something in the future that's so important, too. It's sort of like making wine. No matter how hard you work, it doesn't go from grapes to wine in a single day. It takes time. It has to develop. Things have to happen. I like that. So before we kind of wrap this up, I want us to take some time to really celebrate some of the impossible things that are happening across the district in the arts. Um, Kelly Spinnemore, tell us a little bit about what you're currently working on with uh, Cox's Creek Elementary. So the spring program actually just ended. It's posted on the Facebook page. It was awesome. We did a K-2 through Disney um, extravaganza. It was wonderful. Um, and then it's, it was the first uh, program that we had since COVID. Woo! That's a, yeah. that's a big So we had actual, like, all the parents, the, uh, the guardians, they were all there. It was, it was really, really cool to have that back. I've, I've definitely missed it. Um, I have an all-choir concert coming up in May, um, and then we'll start again next year. So, Kelly Evans, I know that through the Arts Collab, you all found so many unique ways to support students through the arts. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Well, we are having a um, year-end performance, um, and we are lovingly calling it Home is Where the Art Is. Um, that, that is going to be on May 11th at 5.30 at the Stephen Foster Amphitheater, and um, it's going to be just a celebration of um, our students and their gifts. So we're going to have a um, an art gallery at the top of the veranda at the amphitheater, and then we're going to have performances um, at the on the stage, um, and all of this is completely student chosen, student created, student performed. Um, we have helped them out with the details, but that's about it. They're doing it. They're running the show. So we're really excited to see how that comes out. And I think I've heard that uh, you have students out in the community also working on some big projects. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? Uh, we do. We have um, a group of students, the visual arts students that go uh, to Miss Anita's art studio, um, and they have started working on a mural that is going to be right behind the Kentucky dinner train. Um, I honestly don't know a bunch of details about it. The students are kind of being hush-hush and wanting to keep it kind of a surprise, Um, but they're super excited to be able to go out there. They go two days a week, and they're just working on that basically till the end of the year, so they're really excited to see the finished product. That's exciting. That's a a huge community partner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's really cool. 
Sean, tell us a little bit about what you have in the works. Well, I've got um, two things coming down the pike. Of course, we've got amazing performances from Sunshine Studios on the YouTube channel every day. Uh, great stuff coming from now to the end. There may be even something from me coming out there, I heard. So that's something to look forward to. But the big piece, the piece de la resistance, the reason to bring Grandma into town this season is the PRISM concert. And that is on Saturday, May 18th. And that is going to be an extravaganza. It is all the legacy programs. We're emptying up the war chest. Matthew Fletcher's bringing every piece of percussion equipment he can find. And this is going to be an epic performance. It goes so fast. It's all the kids involved. It is going to be an amazing performance. It's May 14th. I should know that. I'm directing the show and I don't even know. It's just so good. Saturday, May 14th, the PRISM concert. We're going to have a publicity campaign just absolutely blitzing the airwaves coming out of Sunshine Studios for everybody. That's the one to see. All the great bands, all the great acts. That's the one. All right. So, um, we are going to end our podcast with some fun questions from students. We've gathered uh, questions from across our schools for these wonderful leaders. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, it's getting real. <laughs> so let's hop on to them. Uh, the first question, how many songs do you think you have memorized? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thousands? Thousands at least. Every Christmas song that comes Ever. on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Now the question is, is that memorized to play or memorized to sing along with? Oh, sing along, definitely. Uh, I can't sing just, along. Yeah, I, just, I can't just pick that up. <laughs> I, I can play a lot of it by ear, so if right. that counts. Right. Oh, that yeah. counts. Okay, okay. that counts. Better than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one's a tough one. Are you ready? No. All right, put your sweatbands on. It's time. <laughs> if you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Country Sunshine. That was quick. You knew that one. <laughs> I knew I had it ready. <laughs> um, to Build a Home by the Cinematic Orchestra. I love that song. It's my favorite. It's going to be really lame, but the one I would pick is Shahrazad by Rimsky-Korsakov. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole symphony, so you get it's something long. new every, you know, you have 40 whole minutes to listen to instead of just four. That is like the most That's intellectual answer, answer I've ever It's my favorite. It's beautiful. Uh, next question. What is your favorite instrument? Accordion. For real? My mom plays accordion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She really does. Actually, it's like, no joke. This is for real, for real. Um, we, <laughs> my mom's little teeny tiny church uh, always had like a Memorial Day service, and it was always out at the cemetery, and they always wanted special music. Um, and so my mom would sit there and play the accordion and I would sing like for real, for real, no joke. Uh, so like one of my earliest memories is singing (laughs) precious Lord, take my hand while my mom was playing the accordion. Okay. I love that. (laughs) Well, mine's pretty lame compared to that. (laughs) (laughs) I love the cello. If I could play an instrument, I would, it would be the cello. Well, mine is shameless compared to theirs. My favorite orchestra, or my favorite instrument to play is the DeFi Orchestra and the Crypto Maestro, because he, he never misses. He's just so clean and accurate all the time. Do what? I was going to say, explain that to me. <laughs> That's the, the title little of words my for me. podcast, is the Crypto Maestro and DeFi Orchestra, and the gag is that there's an entire orchestra there in the studio with me, but it's just me. I like it. <laughs> okay. Go listen to Sean's podcast. <laughs> 
Where can we find it? Uh, you can find it on Beams. Just go to Beams, download the app, and I am Crypto Maestro, the only one, the original and only Crypto Maestro. Oh, that's I love it. <laughs> what about you? My favorite instrument? For sure. Oh, uh, <laughs> no pressure. Um, so I've never played an instrument. It's totally fine. Um, okay, I've never played one well. I'd say the most fun I've ever had was playing on a drum set. Drum set, very nice. Good choice. It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> the person's house that I was at, their parents are not happy with me. <laughs> but I loved it. I did it. Thank you all so much for joining us um, here on NC Unwrapped Podcast. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to subscribe for notifications when we add new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at NC Unwrapped and on Twitter at NC Unwrapped underscore. And we hope you have an impossible day.